Welcome back to KISS Forum, Rhode Island Public Access's most popular show about KISS. Okay, let's take a call. You're on KISS Forum. KISS rules! Whoa! Okay, good call, good call. <laughs> All right. Hey, you're on KISS Forum. Yeah, um, KISS sucks. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, um, they suck big time, man. They bite ass. Wait a sec. I recognize that voice. Is this Dennis the Young lead singer from Styx? Come clean, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's me. It's Dennis. Dennis, you jealous douche. How about I crank a little Detroit Rock City and play Come Sail Away, and we can see how they stack up side by side. Huh? You want that, you high-voiced bastard? We'll be right back after this. You're listening to the Cobras and Fire Podcast, part of the Decibookie Podcast Network. Now let's turn it over to the two podcasters most likely to show up in your spank bank, Loose Cannon and Baco. Welcome to Cobras and Fire. I'm your host, Lewis Cannon, and I am joined, as always, with the Abba-Kissing Baco. How are you, sir? I am well, Lewis. Happy to be talking to you again. Yes. What do you think about that new word, Abba-Kiss? The old yeah. school calculator plus ing at the end. Yeah, of I was wondering if that's a reference to the Chinese calculator, or whatever, where you somehow do, do math by sliding like basically a child's toy. Yeah, you know, um, something you see on the I'm floor sure. of a dentist's office. Sure, from that from that story from last time when you went to see Ron Keel, I assume that's what they used at the register at that one place you got food poisoning. Uh, ran into a lot of cash only businesses on that trip. <laughs> Did you really? Oh yeah, uh, that's amazing. The worst was it was uh, the, the we stopped at an antique store and I bought a Van Halen forty five, and uh, it was cash only. So I had to you know of course get it from my wife's purse because she handles all the money here. Sure. Um, and I, I kind of got it, but I thought it was like you know going to be cash only, but. They they had to figure out the tax table and everything, and it took forever. And I was really like telling Amy in hindsight that <laughs> I would have felt no guilt had I known how that was going to go, just to ran out of the store with it. The woman would have never caught me. I could have gone an entirely different direction. Um, it would have saved me more time. <laughs> it, it is amazing now uh, the the whole cash versus using debit card thing because I remember not even ten years ago. I would say if this is less than 10 or $20, I'm going to use my cash. But otherwise, I'll use a debit card. And now I'm like, if I use cash, I'll have these metal things in my pocket afterwards and more yeah. paper. So I am therefore going to spend $1.50 on this pack of gum with my debit card versus using cash. I mean, I will – when I'm in Nashville, and this is probably not a good thing to broadcast, I'm going to be walking around with more cash than I probably will any other day of the year. I almost <laughs> right. never have cash on me unless we're doing something like this trip even so. 
But there's something that's been said too about cash. Like if you go to a restaurant and your total bill between the two two of you after some beers or whatever like that is $75. When you hand over a wad of cash, it feels like a much more impactful transaction. <laughs> the, them taking it from versus just signing a little little thing on the on the that know, is true. On your car, yeah, because right? it seems like you're going. This is yours. You you put that in your pocket. Yeah, but I'm taking all these things that have a physical value and giving it to you for this shitty meal, <laughs> a couple beers, versus, ah, fuck it, take it out of my account with a press of a button. I can't believe I tipped almost 18% on that play meal, too. <laughs> uh, hey, you know what? Speaking of convoluted ways to to, to buy things, have I, have I ever told you my fat boys story? Um, you have not. I, I have. I have. I can't believe in, in 100... No, well, 200 episodes or whatever, we haven't uh, talked about uh, the Fat Boys experience. Just talking about this like really convoluted way to pay for something reminded me of it. Um, so Fat Boys were a, a cultural icon of the 1980s. <laughs> pioneers. Uh, well, pioneers in the, the rap genre, right after uh, Beastie Boys and Run DMC and uh, Grandmaster Flash. And they were, as advertised, three uh, fat black gentlemen that uh, had... Two rappers uh, and a DJ. Yes, and, uh, and questionable rap skills that some marketing genius decided that would be a, uh, a for-profit deal where they would make <laughs> little parodies, they would eat a lot of food, uh, and have videos as such, mostly with their shirts off uh, on the beach. And one of those most famous things uh, that did the same for the Beach Boys as, as Run DMC did for Aerosmith with their cover Walk This Way is they had a great hit when they covered the, uh, who was the original one? The, that the did Safaris that? did the song Wipeout. Safaris, and then the Beach Boys and Fat Boys then covered it together uh, in an MTV hit. So we What would be your fat boy story? I don't know what the actual like timeline of their 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 main part of their career would have been, but it had to be like between eighty two and eighty eight. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Because without the fat boys, you don't get crisscross. They're that inspirational. <laughs> so in ninety one, it would have been. I was still in college. I was living with Wilson in our tenement in Rochester. Uh, we had just been kicked out of the uh, the frat. Uh, <laughs> Well, I'm a lot of gay. I don't know. But I'm a lot of gay. I, I, I'm, I'm horrible. You're, you're the actual frat boy here. You should have a better frat joke for me than that. But no, no, just continue. Uh, anyway, yeah, the, uh, I actually uh, people would sell records in the back of this trade magazine, and there was a, a Kiss Unmasked record that I wanted that I found in the back of one from this record store in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Um, but I needed a credit card to pay for it, which I didn't have. Neither did Wilson's, but my mom did. So I had to agree to send my mom the money, and, and she would give me the credit card number, and then I would call the record store, give them the credit card number. They would call my mom to verify a couple things, and then they would send the record to me. <laughs> uh, anyway, when I called the record store, um, the, the guy answers, and there's the, you can hear a little bit of commotion going on. And I explain what I'm calling for. He's like, yeah, hey, man, you might call us back in a couple hours. We just had the fat boys in, stu- in store. It's crazy around here. It's like a nice Did you hear the fat boys caused the fucking uh, chaos at a record store. That's uh, that's somewhat impressive, but uh, yeah. And it turned out they didn't even have the record anymore, but they did have Kiss Look It Up on picture disc, so I got that instead. I'm gonna guess that was 1987. Uh, no, it was definitely 1991. I was 1991? definitely in college. 
That is insane. Their peak was 87. That is a hell of a commotion they're making in 91. They didn't even have any albums that came out past 89, just so yeah. you know. It must be something local. Like, they're, they're like local guys or, you know, you know. I have no idea. I'm not a fat boy's aficionado like apparently you are. That's right. Did you know that the song Wipeout uh, reached number 12 on the hot Billboard Top 100? So we I do now. Uh, now you awesome. do. <laughs> so, for those turning in, uh, we can move on from the Fat Boys portion of the show, which is definitely going to be the most popular uh, in social media. Would you oh, say? Oh boy! Yeah, do the Fat Boys are they on Twitter? <laughs> 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 well, uh, enough about the Fat Boys. Why don't we get into the show? We uh, the you, you mentioned recently uh, the bias of beer fridge is empty, but uh, I assume you're still drinking a beer. I am. Yes. Do you want to know what I'm drinking, or do you want to go first? Let's let's, let's at least at least. Let the listener know what we're consuming. Sure. T- tell, tell, me, tell the world what you're drinking that is probably a Coors Light if you're a betting man. It is a Rolling Rock. <laughs> extra, wow. Extra I think pale. people are shocked. Who, yeah. who, who, uh, three. who? You know you can bet on everything in Vegas. I'm pretty sure that the house just uh, just lost on that one. What do you think? Uh, yeah. <laughs> probably, yeah. If they, the Vegas has betting lines on what beer we're drinking when yeah. <laughs> They got betting lines on everything. This is not out of a question. We're a Vegas prop bet. That's how you know your podcast has made it, bitch. Would you like to know what I'm drinking, or are you only concerned on telling people what you are? Well, as you like to say, I I, I like certain things because somebody mentions me. Uh, Of course I want to know what you're drinking. Okay. What what do you got Uh, in front of you there, buddy? Sure. So I have what I think that you would enjoy, and that is uh, there's a German um, uh, microbrewery here called Prost which means cheers, I believe, in, in Germany. And uh, I'm drinking a Kolsch, just a nice, light uh, summer drink, I think. And I think that if you like Pilsner, Kolsch is kind of a close a close cousin, at least. Cool. So uh, that's crisp what I and got. refreshing? Mm-hmm. Crisp and refreshing, not <laughs> too heavy. What's the uh, alcohol content? <sighs> so it's uh, 4.8. Oh, I need to dump in some Everclear to spike her up. <laughs> I don't think so. You'll see one of but, our previous um, episodes about that. Now, well, anyway, cheers, buddy. Yeah, cheers. Can I also mention the audience something that uh, both of us are proud of? Mm. I know where you're going. Yep. Okay, cool. We are on the Uncontrolled Noise Network directly after the, yes, directly after the Talk To Me show, which is done live. But every week, uh, whatever episode it is, will be every week on Thursday. It is at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time that we're on. Yeah, we're on we're nine we're on uh, nine central, nine central. Ten, ten and Eastern. Then Talk to me is on from seven to nine live every week. Correct, and uh, yeah, this is the first time we were recording since we've been on. So yeah, if you <laughs> sorry, Corey, we haven't plugged it a little more. We're doing the best. We're, we're, you probably saw it on social media. We've been sharing it that way, but uh, yeah, you know what? I actually checked out the station quite a bit. Uh, a couple days before uh, we were first on it, and uh, it, it's really just a fun listen. Um, great mix of tunes, all sorts of different types of rock, uh, but it's all based basically hard rock guitars, man, heavy metal, whatever you want, man. It's a cool mix, whether it's a show or not, throughout as it plays you know, 24-7. So, yeah, so why don't you tell the listeners what website to go to to just click play and stream on their mobile device or on their desktop. Sure, it's uncontrollednoise.com. Uh, if you just uh, do a web search on uncontrolled noise, make sure you spell noise though, N O I Z E. Yeah. And uh, but yeah, 
Uh, it, we, we have lots of uh, fun friends on that station, though. Ron Keel hosts his own show on there. Yeah. Uh, he probably calls it the Ron Cast. Um, <laughs> uh, a classic metal show I know is also on there, too, So, and, uh, along with Talk To Me. And what did you say? It's like friends going into uh, Seinfeld. Um, oh, sure, yeah. I mean, like that, basically, uh, we had asked, and I was so happy. I just said, uh, you know, you know, just like must-see TV, where you had Cheers going into Night Court or uh, Cosby Show, you know, uh, you know, America's Most Lovable Rapist going into Family Ties. We we are the one after, but but we say that to me is you know like the Friends or whatever like that. Who is we are the the uh, uh, the leftovers, but you stick around because you're too lazy to get off the couch. You're just Fuck that. We're Seinfeld. Anyway. We're we're. we're <laughs> Come on, I'm just being I'm just being nice. To, I to know. Tony. Yeah, I'm not used to you being nice. Oh yeah, okay. Uh, you I know what say, it is. Could... You were just on a show for the first time, and you guys made up. Uh, oh, that is true. Uh, yeah, I was very, I was very happy. You're very uh, good, by the way. No, yeah, oh, definitely check you. out our friend uh, Josh. He does a great job. Uh, did you hear the the, the leading song he played for us? Uh, no. Oh, I think it was July 18th that when I was no. in uh, seeing Keel rock out. Please, he played Go ahead. Beth. <laughs> great. What a nice guy. Yeah. What I gotta tell you, my kind of guy. Uh, but I gotta tell you what, though, doing a live show once a week—it's hard enough for us to to get together for a random time. You really this. gotta like put your family second. <laughs> that is commitment. I mean, like I said, like it's uh, you know. Uh, you don't think say, you don't think he's getting paid? Uh, he's probably ooh. getting paid with all them Cobra dollars. That's true. That's why they brought us on to fucking cover his expenses. Mm, I see. I see. It's a profit <laughs> deal. It's a profit <laughs> deal. I'm heading out the door, I told you, liquor store I got no money in my pocket, but I want more The tears well through bloodshot eyes I wanna live it up while I chase this high When I hit the streets, it's gonna be out of sight My restless heart won't
So yeah, Bakov, if I could uh, bring up a recent article you wrote for decibelgeek.com, if I may. Oh, if you, if you want to talk about me, I'm always on board. Good, good. And that is that uh, Kispus in July, it's good that somebody is, is doing Kispus in July um, for Decibel Geek, right? <laughs> yeah. As By the time this episode comes out, their their Kispus eps will be up. But yeah, the the actual podcast was a little late getting to it. I think it had to do with uh, trying to promote some stuff for the expo. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, They're a little but busy. yeah. Is anybody else writing? I didn't see any other Kiss-related articles. I, I didn't. Uh, as usual, you were steering the uh, article ship at DustbowGeek.com. And by the way, just so you know, uh, we have a brand new website, CobrasAndFire.com, which has all of our episodes categorized by genre. So you're going to have things like our year in review. You're going to have things like our, all of our 30 interview episodes. If you're new to the show, just go to cobrasandfire.com. You can subscribe to any of the podcast players from there. But you also, related to what we're talking about, have links to archives for both myself, Loose Cannon, and all articles Baco has ever written for Decibel Geek right there on the site as well. So the article I'm talking about, though, is you did what with all the Kiss songs? I ranked every song, every <laughs> basically from worst to best, and it's in four parts. So the first part's a little more than 50 songs because I counted 219. Uh, yep. Surprisingly, nobody's corrected me, so I must have got them all, but I, I got a feeling somebody would have figured it out. But then it's uh, chunks of 50 from there. So Right, so 219 down to, to 151 or whatever it is. And, uh, and and it's all the studio stuff, right? Yeah, I mean, I talk about some of the... Yeah, I mean, I, I basically just talk about the song. If oh, right. I like the live version better, I might mention that. You comment it. Comment on it. Yes. So... Um, uh, I, I do have to say a couple questions. Um, basically, this list is is the name of the songs and, like, and a little blurb of things like that. Was it difficult? When I was looking through it, I'm like, it's hard to come up with 219 different <laughs> things to say about these songs, right? Yeah, I mean, if you you notice, sir, I took shortcuts a few times, but yeah, yeah, no, I mean, you know, I, I I tried to commit to the bit though. I mean, like I said, I started this you know last fall, so. <laughs> That's amazing. So, so what, what I was going to comment is, is on this two nineteen to one fifty, there are two that I enjoyed that are uh, you know it's usually a sentence or two, but these made me laugh out loud. Okay, was uh, it, somewhere in that that bottom chunk. It just said whatever number whatever. Read my body. Just says one word. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then bang bang you, which we've talked about in our crazy nights episode, says. Four words. Paul learns to count. <laughs> <laughs> I actually stole that from you. That's probably <laughs> okay, what you like that one. That's where I probably enjoy it so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't remember what song it was, but I said uh, I got I, these are this is feedback I got. Uh, someone commented that like that that this song was written or CD technology was specifically invented to make it easier to skip this song. <laughs> I, I think yeah. it was Shandy. Um, <laughs> And then one of the tracks from Killers I mentioned uh, that some people hate the elders so much they actually think this is a good song. <laughs> yep, that and the uh, there's something like it says, uh, "Keep me coming." See what was the there was like four in a row. It yeah, it's like, like you, you, you put all these in a, in any order, but I, I think I can do it off the top of my head. Uh, "Keep me coming." Uh, uh, get all you uh, fuck is it? Get all you can take. See, I well, thought I could do it. It's keep me coming. It's hard. Right to, it's hard to. You know what? Forget this because it's hard to do because the text. It basically says like, "Keep me coming." See, get all you can take. Get all you take. See this. Yeah, it something. just keeps going down, and and then I finally explain it where I say like, "Paul Stanley insists this song upon you" or something. But where I'm going here is at the time of this recording. You know, I was looking at some of these, and some of them it seemed kind of like you were trolling a bit, like you threw cold gin in the bottom 
70, uh, which my head went... <laughs> And like that, like I'm sure some kiss nerds would do. But but you kind of justified it like saying between, you know, 220 and 50, does it really matter? Not, not really. I mean, this is my personal list, of course. But and and, I, and I'm a I'm a dick, so I say this is of course the authentic list. Oh, the yeah, I'm not a big fan of cold gin. I mean, it's better live than it is. But I never never look forward to hearing it. Opposite for me. That's that's one I love every time. But only live. A lot of like people disagree with me on that one, though. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. But like my point is, is that imagine any band. Uh, if you get past the top 20 songs of any band, does it really matter? <laughs> you know, except yeah, for bands you got a point there. I mean, Mark Striegel uh, kind of got into uh, – I don't want to overemphasize. It was just an exchange on Facebook. There was nothing negative or angry about it. But he talked about how Kiss has to play Beth live. I 100% disagree. I stand by what oh, I yeah. said in that article. When you tell people who aren't like you and me – that Beth is a Kiss song. And I'm speaking specifically of people who aren't big Kiss fans but know that song. Once they find out it's Kiss, they're shocked. And that is the reality is nobody goes to a Kiss concert and says, man, if I don't hear fucking Beth tonight, I'm fucking pissed off. <laughs> well, it's not just that. It's, it's, we disagree on this, but a perfect example is New York Groove. Hmm. Time, you like the song, I detest that song. I think it's boring. There's nothing to it. I never want to hear it live. They can't play the thing right, but... Okay, that's my point, is that it was a hit-ish kind of song, been featured in some movies, things like that. it still sounds so good when you hear it. Not the live version. Of course not the live version. I'm talking about, like, playing the song. I mean, yeah. I don't like that either. We're going to tighten this up here, but the point is, is that... uh, you're always going to piss somebody off with a, with a list and, and and things like this. It's a fun read, regardless if you agree or not. Just go by the fact that any band has 220 goddamn songs is ridiculous to begin with. Well, so, like I say ahead. all the time, Kiss is fun to talk about, yep. fun to write about, and this was actually a pretty fun list to make, even though it took probably more time of my life than I'd like to uh, admit. You know, Baco, break down your top ten. I'm going to be uh, a very rarity for me. I'm going to be silent as you read them, okay. and then I'll come back to them. Go ahead. Challenge accepted. Okay. At number 10, Got to Choose. At number 9, Calling Dr. Love. At number 8, Black Diamond. At number 7, I Stole Your Love. At number 6, Come On and Love Me. At number 5, Let Me Go Rock and Roll. At number 4, Rock Bottom. At number three, nothing to lose. <laughs> At number two, Detroit Rock City. And your number one kiss song of all time. Deuce. Boom. Okay. Let me just uh, evaluate your list really quick. And I will start from, from your number one. Deuce not only is the best kiss song out there. Number uh, one is but, Deuce. So I agree with you on that. But also, <laughs> What? Number one is Deuce. Number one, Deuce. First off, 100% agree that Deuce is the best Kiss song for several reasons. But also, uh, I've been been asked the question, what is your favorite rock song of all time? And I always go to Deuce, and I'll tell you why. Can I break down my reasons? I haven't read yours. and sure. See if it kind of uh, coincides a little bit. Because we disagree on things, and obviously we're, we're similar but different or whatever like that. Deuce. Perfect guitars. It has a uh, the riff is undeniable. I don't care if it's a rewrite of "Bitch." It's still different by Wrong Stones. 
the lyrics are fucking ridiculous. You're having a demon on stage saying, get up and get your grandma out of here. That makes no sense. It's amazing. It makes total sense, but it makes no sense. It's a guy saying, I I am worth a shit. Get the, leave me the fuck alone. I am man. I am prehistoric, primal uh, energy. Everything about that song, every millisecond of it is perfect. And what I speak of is the Kiss Alive version or any live version you've seen, basically, uh, with a band on stage. I am not a fan of the 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 uh, the other version, the you know the studio version at all. But but well, it, not at all. It, huh? it, no, it defines it defines rock and roll. That song, every part of that song is perfect. Um, just in rock and roll in general, not just Kiss. There is just a fire and energy to this song. Yep. Uh, that is irreplaceable when you put that needle on and it's the first song on kiss alive my god if you if your hairs don't stand up you just don't like rock and roll this is not a song that you like ease the volume back on while you're listening to you crank that fucker up man and and i like the fact that it's kind of a weird song like yep. it doesn't have that real prototypical, you know, chorus. He's worth a deuce, and then you know, it just kicks in. Yeah, and uh, the guitar solo is fucking amazing. The drumming is killer. This is Kiss at their top. This is their peak. This is their fire. Track one of Kiss Alive is the epitome of Kiss in my mind. I didn't always feel so as a kid. To me, it was more about the the post Alive stuff. But now that I've you know I've grown and aged and matured, and I've accepted the whole catalog and learned it all. This is the pinnacle. This was the best part of seeing the reunion. It is just too good of a fucking song. It's it's no wonder they opened so many of their, their uh, tours you know, with this song. It is just a great opener. As is and, other songs on this list, but it, right. it just, it's just so fucking good. The guitar solo by Ace is great. Yeah, I get that Gene said he stole that riff from Bitch, but you hear them side by side. These are not the same damn song. They're, they're so, not. No, no. And, some, you know, and I love the lyrics. Get up and get your grandma out of here. That sounds to me like someone who grew up in New York City where his entire family lives in a fucking apartment. So, <laughs> right. You know, I, mean, I get it. Yeah, so, yeah. No, I, enough said. Yeah, and I'm going to go on this too, that um, I don't know if you recall this, but in 1993, um, still in between, you know, before the reunion and everything like that, that uh, Kiss was on the Arsenio Hall show. Did you see this appearance? Yes, of course. Okay. So they played two songs, which I was thrilled about, which are your top two. They played Detroit Rock City and they played Deuce. You know, obviously they had other, they had revenge out at the time and stuff like that. And I was like, and I, I sat there watching this and there was a great performance because there was a whole revenge lineup. And I was like, my God, these two songs are the two fucking songs that they should, that should re- be representative of their entire career between <laughs> those two. I Paul, agree. And it turns out they're you know what what I, mean? I, I never put those two moments together. I will tell you this, that yeah, I have a lot of love for Bruce Kulik and I think he did a lot for kiss. Uh, on this song in particular, and Eric Singer, they neuter the this these songs. It's still kick ass, but but I to me, Bruce, you're 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 good enough to learn this fucking solo, learn the damn thing. And Eric Singer, my God, <laughs> a drum machine could do what you're doing on here. The rest of your list is pretty uh, solid. I, I would I wouldn't put nothing to lose, rock bottom, in there or. Dr. Love or got to yeah, choose. How, how hard are Paul Stanley's ears burning that for the top five or Gene songs? Once I calmed down with the help of a Valium, I went straight to a doctor's office. 
The doctor told me not to worry. It was just a panic attack. Well, I'll tell you what, too, is that, like, let me and, and, and um, let me go rock and roll. Um, the, you know, the one on the. I have the, to. Higher than hell. Not, that, I don't know if you. That version is that high? Or that song is that high because of the Alive version? Okay, okay. That whole jam thing, like, that's one of the things, too, that I never understood. Why, why don't they have a couple more songs like that where they just fucking let them breathe a little bit and just just kill it? Because that live version is just amazing. That's another version. That's like Deuce where it's pure rock. 100% agree. It's a simple thing. It has like 10 words in the whole thing, and it's six minutes of gold. Even Peter's drumming and Let Me Go Rock and Roll is just killer. And, you know, as a tradition, we have to have a kiss tangent on the show, but but come on and love me. Uh, flat out, I've said it before, but I think that I literally believe that line, she's a dancer, a romancer, I'm a Capricorn, and she's a cancer, is a top five rock and roll lyric of all time. Well, okay, <laughs> but it, it is simple. It's to the point. It, yeah, it's a, it's a it's a it's a great little story song, kind of like Harder Than Hell. But the the thing that I love about it is just that that simple riff. Um, you know, the da na 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 na, dong dong, bum bum. That is so simple but effective. And uh, get your head out of your perfect. ass, loose. That's a chord progression. Well, whatever chord progression or not. Come on and love me and hotter than hell are kind of like sister songs for me, where they're a perfect little uh, s- simple story sure. with uh, with uh, that just gets to the point within two and a half to three minutes, and it's just you know if it was, I, I think a lot of these songs in your top ten would be uh, bigger songs if they weren't by Kiss. One hundred percent agree about a lot of their music. You know what I mean? Um, I, I think the top thirty are just almost all gold.
Yeah, so the reason I brought up the whole ranking thing is, yes, obviously it's great fodder for the show, but also it relates to something I wanted to bring to your attention, and that is that uh, – what, is, what does Kissel say about their live show? Uh, I think the actual quote is, there are many really stupid ideas that wind up being brilliant. Uh, whatever. They always talk about how they're the greatest show ever, and like this is the show that nobody else – Always doing. This is the show they always wanted to see, that kind of thing. But yeah, they're definitely known for the spectacle. Sure. So I saw, you know, I was looking for information for the show, and of course, one of the greatest news sources of all time is uh, Blubbermouth. <laughs> and went there and I saw a little clip of Iron Maiden, a band that I have never owned in either albums, huh. like a couple of their songs, but I've never seen live either. But I've always been you know, kind of impressed with their stage show. So I saw their latest tour, which is something about Legacy. What is it, what is it called? Legacy of the Beast. Is that what it is? Yeah, that's what it is. Legacy of the Beast. And they're playing more. They're like, you know, I guess they're This is their hits, hits tour is kind of what they're calling yeah. it. You know, they have a reputation for like doing like, uh, this is the first third of our catalog kind of thing. We've touched on it a little bit, but. Mm-hmm. Sure. They varied up kind of like Priest does and things, things of that nature. So, but I saw the they had like a little two or three minute you know mini um, kind of setup of the of their first show which was in Hollywood, Florida. So you know that you know Eddie Hollywood. Trump was there. <laughs> was and, Mooney there? <laughs> no, but definitely. No, Eddie that Trump poser was in Milwaukee where he fucking lives. Uh, fucking Hollywood, my ass. More like fucking yeah. cow stink poony. I'm going to let that sit, one, sit there for a second. <laughs> Cow patty poony. <laughs> That's better. Yeah. I like that. So anyway, <laughs> truth in advertising, people. But yeah, so what did you think about what you saw, the little clip I sent? It was great. Uh, that, that, that stage show looks amazing. I'll tell you this right now. I would be okay seeing that show f- after I saw a painter. <laughs> So like if Joey show, Haney came up and painted a painting for ten minutes, and then I saw that, <laughs> I would not give a fuck that Joey Haney was the opening act painting. Right. So you know, I, in summary, and miss some in fill in if I'm missing anything. But basically, it opens with Aces High, and it has a actual plane, physical plane, going around uh, on the top. Uh, it has tons of like depth to the stage. Obviously, it's got all the pyro, but it's not just screens and things going up and down. There's a lot going on, uh, both uh, physical and creative. Yeah, it looks Did amazing. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. Uh, have you seen them? Uh, yeah, I have. Uh, Power Slave. Okay, and but it was only that time. Kind of, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I, I, unfortunately, it's the same thing. Like, uh, it's funny that they're opening their tour in Florida because. I was in Florida for a fucking decade, and they were on tour, and they never, even though I, was, I would people that were like, "You gotta go see Iron Maiden," they never came there. So now that I'm in Denver, now Denver, they're well, like, Nico lives down near where that's at, right? Exactly. But anyway, it's just kind of funny because that's Denver is one of the places not. You never ran into Nico at like your local Chili's or something? <laughs> TGI Fridays. No. Well, what's big down he here? Does because, have, uh, actually, he does have an, a, a uh, restaurant named after Iron, something to do with Iron Maiden. I think, like, up. I think it's called like Burger Slave or something like that. I'm Why did sure. I go to a pirate sound there? Is Michael Sweet in the room? I just 
<laughs> so Jimmy Buffett uh, doesn't have some kind of bar and grill down there you ran him into? Oh, ran into uh, him, Nicolette? Sure, sure he does. Jimmy Buffett's got something down there. Yeah, you're got, you're uh, like hanging out at Margaritaville, and uh, Jimmy Buffett has a jam session with uh, the drummer from Iron Maiden. Sure. You just all of a sudden, uh, hamburger and uh, a cheeseburger in paradise has a, a quicker pace. And suddenly, uh, Sammy Hagar's there. Yeah, and there's a galloping bass line. So it's, it's you know. <laughs> uh, yeah. how many how many songs Iron Maiden wise have a galloping bass line? I, I don't know. Probably a lot fewer than you think. I think it's kind of like when we count down to the number of uh, ACDC songs that had the word balls in it. It turned out it wasn't like a third of their catalog like you were thinking. But Because uh, yeah. I'm sorry, well, but it, uh, what's his name? Uh, Steve Harris is a uh, pretty, uh, pretty fluent bass player. But yes, well, I have to, I there's have to some say galloping bass lines. This, this uh, set list that I looked at you know, for a casual fan like myself, this is one that I would go see. This see, but this plus, plus the actual, uh, you know, the the stage setup. Uh, are they coming to Minnesota? Maybe I can make this. As I don't an think they're um, coming here on this tour. At least no, no uh. announced dates yet. Um, oh wait, they definitely are because uh, Brian, <laughs> who came and saw <laughs> saw uh, visited me at the Suns show, asked me if I was going. Yeah, it's in September or August or something. I don't Perfect. Know. I'll write down. See if I can scam that. Getting All a little right. vacation time. I'm guessing that is a zero chance that I will be doing that. Yeah. Penciling <laughs> it in. It's pretty close. Uh, uh, I will say this. Uh, my reaction to the set list is almost like every set list. Like that's fine. <laughs> You're not a setlist guy. Well, I'm really not. Well, I, I look unless it's like really bad and almost only deep by a band. I'm not that into. I really don't have a lot of complaints. Typically, sure. I would pick a lot of different songs if I was picking a maiden set. But this is a pretty good one if you want the hits. But I kind of would. I kind of like when they do their obscure stuff because you know I've kind of followed them for the most part.
can I tell you a story that's kind of a continuation, uh, a saga, if you will, from the last uh, episode where we're talking about Steve? Saga. Uh, talked about Stephen Michael coming uh, to Denver to see the Struts and Glorious Sons, and we also went to a... I hadn't heard. Not only did we see that concert, but I also saw... Do you remember the episode about a year ago uh, called Clusterfuck Fest? I do, yes. I was in a a prison in the back of a diner and uh, saw Slaughter and uh, Quiet Riot with the... Yeah, uh, where basically you got put in kind of like a little prison camp to enjoy a concert or something like that. (laughs) And then you went to the bar and someone bought the most ridiculous drink that someone would ever order at a fucking rock fest. I forgot about that. When a grown man uh, ordered 10 uh, lemon drop shots. All right. So you're at the bar finally getting ready to order. uh, And did did you roofie the guy's drinks? That's what we all want to (laughs) know. I tell you what, we are grabbing the podcast community by the pussy right now, Baco. Let, let's, let's, let's get down to business. This guy, this guy that this, the guy that was the Sons of Anarchy wannabe that ordered fucking lemon drop shops. That's that not even I think only the most effeminate woman order. He had a he had a way to solve the problem. You know what that was? He fucking did all six lemon shots. <laughs> well, they are lemon shots, so he's probably okay. I guess so. he's all wired on sugar, but I'm yeah. like, I'm like, why, why put him in six different vessels if you could just put him in a big drink and you're gonna swallow it down? Yeah, yeah, you couldn't just put him in one cup, huh? <laughs> Wasn't very good planning, but there was like one, one place you could get water. One place. I'm you could blaming get the bar for that, by the way. Okay, yes. you're ordering ten lemon drop shots. You know you can't take these outside, right? That's what right. the bartender should have said. Yes, let me explain the logistics of what you're about to order. <laughs> But no, the guy just said that that'll be nineteen fifty. Oh, nineteen fifty. You can't, you can't this is like take, an eighty dollar order. Okay, whatever. You can't take that outside after I have your money and have made the drinks. Hey, nope. I could have mentioned the obvious that you clearly aren't buying ten shots of this fucking thing for yourself, and you're probably planning on taking it out to the bunch of ladies that you're with out there at a concert we're hosting. But I'm just gonna pour the drinks, take your money, and then tell you. I have now sold you five cars. You'll only be able to take one of them home. <laughs> I I probably would have got my money back before I left. I was like, fuck you. You should have said something. No. There, there, that, it says on the back of your wristband. Listen to me. So no lemon comes, drop shots of the concert. So, uh, you know, 100 degrees, black tar parking lot, just like, no. I'm not going back to that. She said, black and, tar and she heroin. Like, well, Yes, he says uh, 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 fake Skid Row, fake quiet, quiet Riot. Now, I said I am not going to this, but they said this is a different venue. It's this place called uh, whatever Fairgrounds. I'm like, okay, it's not in the back of a parking lot. I'll consider it. Here's a lineup. Uh, it begins <laughs> with Vixen, then it goes to Steelheart, then it goes to the Great Whites, Extreme, and Queensrÿche. The ticket price for this was fifty five dollars plus fees, so like seventy dollars. Ah, couldn't really validate going for that amount. Do you see my meaning? Oh, boy. No, that's I would have gone. Yeah, that's a lot. for. There's there's one band I really cared where I wanted to see, and that's Extreme. And uh, I've seen Cream Shrike before. Yeah, but Other you ones, don't... The, the, the festival experience is lost on you. you, you but did you, did you not hear my festival experience last year was torture? So I'm not going to pay... Seven, that's an extra, like, 20 bucks more than last oh, year. Oh, fair enough, yeah. Knowing what you went through last year. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's going to be a clusterfuck, all this kind of stuff. But, and you can hear the full version of this on the Growing Up Rock uh, podcast. 
where it's the Freedom Fest bonus episode. I'm but, so arrogant about that. Like, yeah, you, you just sort of stand. I, meanwhile, I've gone to the last four Grand Rock Timbers, which are like two-day versions of what you're talking about for free. <laughs> I've never once yeah. ponied up a dime. I paid for the gas. Right. So uh, 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 this, this, I'm a fraud. This section, this little bit, is all about the Cobra hack. Now, let me tell you. First off, I was with my buddy, and I decided, you know, I can't validate paying that much just to see Extreme and, uh, and Queen Strike. Maybe. Queen Strike, I'm kind of half in. Yeah. So I did not go to the first half of this. I met up with uh, Steve and his wife at the hotel that uh, was close by there, within walking distance of the fest. So we went there, and, and the Great Whites, by the way, you could hear them from the hotel. I could hear... Uh, you know, I could see the gleam of the teeth shining <laughs> yeah. in the sun. <laughs> Great. You got to put your sunglasses on. before. The- <laughs> it was good because I couldn't find the fest at first, but it was like the Batman symbol up you in the sky. You'd almost think that, like, uh, they'd make them play at night just because of the gleam of the sun off the singer's <laughs> teeth. It's a, it's a restriction because of his teeth. <laughs> oh, man. But uh, He's yeah. a really so- nice guy. He's a really nice guy. It, I got to tell you, the, the entire time when I was, we, we were catching the end of the, the Great White set, and uh, when I was coming into the place, the whole time that people were like, did you see that guy? The guy I think the guy was the guy who was almost in Van Halen. <laughs> Weren't you that guy in Van Halen? I get asked that a lot. And were you like, would you stop asking me about that? I'm <laughs> Just, tired of people they, asking me, Loose Cannon, if that dude was in Van Halen. <laughs> That would Come be on, man! I'm trying to play once bitten, twice shy. You keep, you keep, you keep interrupting me, asking me. Yes, I was the guy. I don't want to be known as the, the crazy guy who goes around saying he's in Van Halen. Well, if that's a song to interrupt him on, because I assume you saw the same 18 minute version I did. Yeah. So anyway, so we, we were walking up to the gate, and uh, uh, Stephen and his wife already had tickets, and they had this amazing policy, which I don't know if they had this at Green Rock Timber, but they were. I don't think I've ever been to a fest that had this. They had a in and out policy. You could actually leave. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely talked about it on the show. That's one of the best things about it. Well, first of all, it's a casino, so they, they don't mind if you leave and go gamble. Okay, okay, that's the one. But besides that one, but there's can you a think parking of one? lot that people tailgate nonstop. Okay. I'm used to the AEG get you in there and lock you in there all day. Right. Ether. Okay, okay. So the fact that they had that was great. So they had left. We met them in the hotel and they're going back in. And so they had the wristbands. They went and go, went and parked. And which, I, which and by I, the went, way, not to interrupt you again, yeah. would, would kind of tie into our last episode. Another reason to start boycotting this nonsense. Imagine if it wasn't just Live Nation and uh, Ticketmaster trying to find different ways to fuck fans over. The, these things are put on by things that aren't them. And suddenly, like, the rules are a little more lax, and you can kind of be a human being and enjoy your fucking self at a festival. Right. So it, and it, so it was $55 for that. It was also $80 to be in the VIP section, which is in front of the, the stage, which is also more ridiculous. So we went up to the, the gates, and uh, Stephen and his wife already had their wristbands, obviously, to go back in. And I asked the, the gentleman at, like, 5 o'clock, I said, hey, what's what's the going rate getting in this place? I said, well, obviously, it's $55. And they're like, not less, because there's only two bands left. And, they, they, they left. and, I, and he goes, no. And I go, okay. So I walk away. And this was in the big fairgrounds, and there's also a place that had like um, so a better location. Yeah, mu- much better location. But realize this is like a a, a fairgrounds that has you know like 4H, you know things that you like to do with Aaron Camaro when you're. Oh, I, I, I recently experienced plenty of that and all the kind of stuff. So so I looked at it, and every time I go to a concert, whether I'm in there or not, I'm always looking for a better seat and trying to break it. I'm, I always think, you know, 
the you know the resistance figured out how to blow up the Death Star. This is easier. I can get yeah. in here. So I went back there with my backpack and my. You know, real quick, uh, it should be easier to sneak into a concert than it is to get into sneak into the White House. And in this situation, it was a, a lot easier because there was the in and out situation. That wouldn't be the case were this a live nation hosted event. No. The security so would went, have been fucking locked down. Did you buy this in a secondary market with a lot of upcharges and a lot of fees that you can prove? <laughs> so I, I basically just walked to the back of uh, uh, of the venue, and they all they had was a fence that was kind of the thing that keeps cows from going in the road and running into your car, you know, like three three pieces of wood. And uh, my buddy and I just walk <laughs> walk through it. We walked by the porta potties. There was a security guard that went up to us, and he goes, "He goes, hey, are you looking for the uh, the uh, like calf exhibit or something like that?" And I go, "Yeah, which way is it?" He goes, "It's that way." So I just walked back up like ten paces, and then he turned around. And I walked right the fuck back down, and both of us walked right in. Cobra hack, free concert. I will 100% endorse the act as if move. The first time I met Mark Torian. I just walked backstage. Right. I just I walked past a ton of people that looked at me, but I walked back there with confidence. I just did it, and it wasn't even. I didn't have to go through a cow barn. Nope. And right past that, I'll take it next level. I didn't have to listen suffer through him tell a ten minute bullshit story, Mark. I'm talking about, but <laughs> left of the but picture. Anyway. So so uh, you know. Uh, Stephen and his wife had no idea where we were. He was like, where are you? We're at the front gates. Where are you? And I go, I'm inside, motherfucker. And he's like, what? What are you talking about? Next thing you know, I'm in the VIP. We watched Extreme. We watched Queen Trek. And uh, I didn't pay a damn dollar. This this fest, by the way, was, was set up the entire way a fest should be. There were uh, 10 different beer vendors with a variety, not just IPAs. They had some Pilsner there. They had local stuff. They had Budweiser. They had all this. They had mixed drinks. They had uh, 20 food trucks there. It was the oh, dear. opposite of my experience from last year. It was exactly as a fest should be set up. They had the in and out. Everybody was cool. It was packed. They sold a shitload of tickets, and uh, except for me. And uh, <laughs> I, I enjoyed Extreme, and they also did not open with Little Chuck Horny, but they did play it. That is the dumbest fucking uh, song, right? They have a lot of dumb songs. Some of them are good hurts, but, man, that one is not... No, it is not at all, and they play it. But but uh, you can hear the whole summary of that of, of the concert. But it, essentially, uh, Sharon was definitely coke fueled. There's no way that guy is not, does not do cocaine. Uh, I, I, I do not. He has to do cocaine. Kirk, currently, and, but they, oh, fuck yes, he was his he was wired, man. Wow. And but but they open with "It's a Monster," my favorite song about masturbation. They. Uh, uh, it was a good show. Queen Trike was just boring as fuck. They did a clinic on how not to do a set list uh, because they did like five or six of their new songs in a row. Then they played. They oh, played boy. a total of four songs combined off of Mind Crime and uh, Empire, which is ridiculous. They played for an hour and a half. Yes. Yeah. No. They played for an hour and a half. They played for an hour and a half, and they only played four songs from their two biggest albums. Yeah, God, I gotta. Pl- Here's my thing: is if, <laughs> if if they play for fifty minutes, five zero, yeah. you need eight tunes off those two records. <laughs> right? They did play Queen of the Reich and uh, Walking in the Shadows. Those are the only other. Yeah, two those songs do you play those two. Play another eight off those two records, and then any other time you have to fill. Look, I, I do like that uh, that the lead single off the new record a lot, and the new album is good. But I'm sorry, this is a 
I mean, Ron, like, look what the Ron Keel band did. Read the room. Don't insist on playing the right to rock. Don't insist on playing all these Keel tunes that no one's going to know. Come out and do a uh, Southern Rock medley. Well, that's my whole thing. Is they, they, they say they want to be a legacy act, and that's their whole thing. They want to be vital. They have three new albums. I get all that, but you pepper those motherfuckers You can do in. both. You do not, yeah, you can do both. Yeah. You don't do five, six songs of new shit. No. Now, when you're the headliner, you do not send people to the bathroom. That is what Extreme did when I saw them headline, <laughs> I think, day one of one of the Rock Tempers. And the place became a ghost town because they opened no. with Little Jack Horny. No. This, I got to tell you, Extreme waited 25 years to, to see him since the last time. I, you're not that big of a fan, I know, but Nuno is a fucking beast. They put on. They I don't know where you get that. Them. I'm a pretty big fan of Extreme. Okay, okay. They played the majority of Pornography, for example. They played. Pornography. Uh, potato, potato. How does he say it when he sings it? Pornography. Yeah, so how is that not the title? Pornography. Yeah, okay. Does he say potato? It was a lot of fun. I got to tell you, I am going to have the opposite message for those that are in Denver or taking a trip to Denver. If it happens to be uh, in the summer, this is always in the, the right around 4th of July. All right. Well, Toots and I are packing it in. We're, we're coming to Denver next year. I'm we're, telling you. It's we're going to Stephen it's Michael like a, it with you. We're going to be yeah, there when the, the show starts and look to see it towards the end of the evening. <laughs> It's like a mini M3. It's it's in a beautiful. The mountains are in the background. Yeah. It was a fucking great day. Actually, I would say it's probably a, a mini Grand Rock Timber because I think Grand Rock Timber might be a mini M3. I don't know.
funny that you played Instant Monster because it touched on a topic that you and I have covered quite a bit over the years of this show. Sure. Probably more to my leaning or, or insistence, but uh, and that is, of course, masturbation. And uh, I know you're not a, the hugest sports fan, but I feel like you've been trying a lot uh, since I've uh, joined the program. Yeah, um, and before, before we get into that, too, I just have to say, I remember when uh, Extreme had an interview and they said that they wanted to do a more hard rocking version of Shebop. It's monster. <laughs> so... They were like, what do you want to call the song? It's like, Flicking the Bean? No. Yeah. Nah. No, not, not Flick the Bean. What about Me It's Bop? a Monster? Me Bop was a working title. Me Bop, yeah. <laughs> but in a somewhat recent story about a football player, I just, look, the guy is about to go to prison for raping all these girls, so I don't want to make light of it, but some funny kind of stuff came out of this that actually kind of sheds light on how fucked up our world is. This is about, this is about Tim Tebow, right? Yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, no, not Tim Tebow, but Kellen Winslow Jr., uh, son of uh, Hall of yes. son of Hall of Famer Kellen Winslow. Uh, it, he uh, he he was drafted with some notoriety and kind of high. Can I, can I ask? Is he related to Michael Winslow, the guy who made all the sound effects in the Police Academy movies? No, he is not. Uh, okay. Well, not as much as I know, but, uh, you know, I, I don't know the Winslow uh, family. I didn't know if he was going to make sound effects when he was checking off. I can't tell. Okay. Well, maybe he does. I actually assume like most of us he does. But apparently he has a different sense of uh, boundaries when it comes to, like, uh, what is the appropriate place to masturbate uh, or watch porn. Um, apparently it was well known amongst teammates that uh, once the smartphone came out, that guy was pretty much only watching porn during team meetings. Which kind of explains his uh, his uh, career uh, trajectory. Uh, ooh, trajectory. Uh, <laughs> but... In spite of these very serious allegations against this guy, one of the things that, that I that I found from the story breaking down just how pathological this guy was is that teammates on every team he was on complained about having to room with him on the road because they would just come into their hotel room and he would just be jerking off. And it was almost like this, like... Or sometimes, like, they'd already be in the room, and he'd just, like, start jerking off. Like, he had no idea that, like, this was the inappropriate thing to do. He did it on a team bus. It got to the point where he he bought, like, a, like, imagine, like, a, a fleshlight, but it's more of a, a complete torso. He had yeah. one of those that he would bring on the road with them. Now, look, the sexual deviant aspect of it, I don't care that much about, but, yeah, it, how fucked up is the workplace that the NFL is willing to tolerate this obvious thing that's like this doesn't happen in the workplace? Like, well, if we cut him, someone else is going to sign him and allow him to jerk off with a teammate in the room. Before you go any further, take the acronym NFL out of it and replace that with General Motors. Exactly. General Motors, the uh, you know one of the executives beat a lady up in the elevator. You know what I mean? Like only with the NFL could you even have the story and it's gone on for as long as it has. Yeah. Right? They, 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 need, they need time to sort out what to do. You know what I mean? <laughs> Johnny, Johnny keeps whacking his pud during weekly uh, uh, updates on our sales presentation. Uh, and he's in and, and, and everything. What do you think we should do about this? Yeah. Real the, quick, quick sidetrack. Are two, you offended or less offended if you're at a concert and somebody's filming or they're streaming porn right in front of you? <laughs> 
Oh, hi. Well, if they're streaming porn, they're not holding it in front of my face, so I don't care. Uh, <laughs> they're holding up like they're filming, except they're watching porn. But back to your point, it's like, yeah, the two, two department heads of Amazon get sent to uh, a conference in, in uh, Cincinnati, and uh, one of them just keeps jerking off pretty much all the time on the plane, in the hotel room, and they come back and like, well... We need to do some investigation into this, and unless there's a video of him actually doing it, then there's nothing we can do about it. We'll yeah, just like, ask him to stop if he doesn't mind. Yeah, we're, we're going over uh, uh, Q3 projections, and uh, Johnny uh, keeps playing All Holes Need Filling Part 5. And you know I love me some football, the Minnesota Vikings. And I remember when Adrian Peterson got in trouble for using a, uh, I don't know, uh, a branch out of the yard to beat one of his children. Uh-huh. Sadly, my thought was, Jesus fucking Christ, can't you just take the football and run? <laughs> and yeah. why why does this keep happening? The NFL is fucked. You don't hear you know this what, with NASCAR. You don't hear NASCAR guys fucking punching out women in elevators and jerking off no they just drive the car that exactly just drive the goddamn car you know what the summary of this episode is i think i think this is doing your job part two doing your, do job. your job oh yeah do your job part two but my god i just uh i pretty much exercised a ton of demons by yelling right there i'm ready to go man baka what if i told you for 200 episodes i've been jacking off this entire time? well we're not in the same room so we're good <laughs> okay, so that's that's fine with the Cobra boundaries have been well. set. What if both of us were jacking off at the same time we're doing the show? Does that cancel each other? Two wrongs make a right. Well, the only if there is if you have been. <laughs> <laughs> you want to get out of here? I'm ready to go. Rex not dead. It just didn't notice that you were in the room when it started. <laughs> Keep 
Oh, God yeah. damn it! You don't think that our audience wants to know more about the Fat Boys? I'm going to tell them. It's Nightmare 4. It was this lead single. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 